0: God, good morning everybody. So glad to be with you today and uh, I was so blessed when we, we pulled it, pulled in and saw this beautiful building. I was with you. Some of you may have been there way back at the post office. Anybody, was anybody around then? Yeah. Look what the Lord has done. Woo, that's so awesome to see what God has done and how he's brought you all together and blessed you with this beautiful building. Isn't it great to see God moving in people's lives? And I, I remember being with your pastors and I told them today just a little while ago, I was sharing, I said, I remember when we were eating at, at your house and I just remember all the, the things they were believing for. I just remember your excitement about it and things you're believing God for. And, and how many of you thank God that faith produces results? Faith works, Right. And just like faith has worked in this church and causing this building to appear, how many of you know faith is what brought this building in and God's mercy and God's favor, right? And how many of you believe that that your faith can work in any area of your life as well, right? So I'm so glad to rejoice with you guys with what God has done here and and how exciting, amen? I love to see things grow. How many of you know we, we serve a God of increase? Right? And so it's so exciting to see that y'all have grown so much. What a blessing. Amen. I could just go home now. You know, I flew in yesterday from Michigan and uh, the north. Hey, we got any northern folks here? One. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay. We we don't, you know, shout and get too excited, right? But but we love you. Right? Mich- Michiganders. And uh, we have snow in Michigan. Anybody know what snow is? How many of you have seen snow? Come on. <laughs> Alright. How many of you believe there is snow? It exists, you know. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. How many of you believe that, uh, you know, even though you've never seen snow, some of you, come on, you know that it still snows, right? How many of you believe that uh, you have a brain? Let me see your hand. You believe you have a brain. Uh, Okay. How many of you believe the guy next to you sort of has one? You're like, yeah, maybe. Okay. How many of you have seen your brain? Who's seen their brain? You've seen your brain. Okay, probably on an x-ray or something, right? Okay, so she's the only one in here uh, that has actually had proof that there are brains in there. Amen. All right, but you believe you have a brain, right? Even though you haven't seen your brain or your heart, you believe you have one. How come? Because somebody told you you did, right? Well, we, we step out on faith and things like that, right? And we believe that because we've been told that. But how many of you believe the Lord's Word is even more sure God's Word is even more truthful than anything you could hear from anybody. And I don't know about you, but I've been stirring myself up to go back to the Word of God. What does the Bible say about my circumstances, about my situations? How many of you know the the Word of God has the answer to every situation, every problem you're facing? And I don't know about you, I'm determined to run to the Word of God When I need an answer, I am determined to look to his word. I'm not going to check my finances or check how I feel to see if I'm healed, check my my checkbook to see if I'm blessed. I'm going to go to what the word of God says and, and what does God have to say about this situation. How many of you know that sometimes we can run to people? They have all kinds of counsel and advice, and you can even go to five wonderful Christian people and ask them, what do you think I should do? How many of you know sometimes you'll get five totally different answers? And they love the Lord, and they're just kind of telling you what what they think. Because uh, uh, how many of you know nobody cares about your problems or your situation like you do. That's why we got to do our own praying, right? Our own believing, because we're the only ones that cares about our situation as much. And we should, right? We should care about it. But how many of you know if you go to the to the world many times for advice, you know. Uh, you're going to get all kinds of things, but I believe we should run to the Word and make God's Word priority for what we're standing on and what we're going to believe for. How many of you know that people are the only ones that believe that God is dead and that Elvis is alive and well (laughs) on planet Earth, right? You know, I was at Graceland one time. I was going to tell this this little thing that happened. But I'm at Graceland, and (laughs) I got on the bus And uh, to go, the lady that worked there Was going to drive us across the street To see Elvis' place, you know So I got on the bus and I go "Ooh, I just saw Elvis down the street And I was just joking And she thought I was serious I kid you not She stops and she goes, where? And I'm like, I cannot believe she actually believed." Okay, anyway, so how many of you know So many times we take things that the world tells us and we believe them, but we need to take God at his word. You can take God at his word. God means what he says, right? God is not a man that he should lie. The Bible says, in other words, God's going to bring to pass the things that he has spoken in his word if we'll believe him. And how many believers do we have in the house this morning? Yeah, we got some believers here today, right? So let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for this church. Thank you for what you're doing here in this place. Thank you, Father. We pray this morning that we'll be stirred up in our faith, that we'll be encouraged today. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us will come to a higher place in you today. We'll come to a higher level in you today. And Lord, I pray that every life be touched, every body be healed, every mind be set free. And Lord, we just thank you that not only are we hearers of the word, but we're doers of your word. And we thank you today that as we do your word, we'll be blessed. And we give you the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, say amen. amen. All right. If you would, let's turn in our Bibles, please, to Matthew the ninth chapter, Matthew nine. I like the name of this church. Don't you like the name of this church? Word of Grace. I mean, thank God for grace. Anybody? Thank God for mercy. How about thanking God for his favor? That's one of my favorite subjects to talk about is the favor of God. And I have seen a lot of favor manifest in my life. And I've seen that favor as a result of God's mercy operating in my life. And recently the Lord has stirred me up a lot about having faith in his mercy. God is a merciful God, isn't he? And... I think once we can see how much God really loves us, then we can receive from him so much better. You know, in John, the 17th chapter, it says that the heavenly father loves you and I as much as he loves his son, Jesus. I mean, if you know that, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? What would the heavenly father do for his son? Well, he'd do anything, wouldn't he? Well, what would God do for you as his child? He would do a lot for you, wouldn't he? I was thinking about one miracle, one healing that took place in the scriptures. There's so many of them. And, and I've been going through studying all the individual cases of healing. You know, I, I'm I'm researching now. I'm on number 12 right now. I'm just going through the different cases. And I thought about uh, the, the guy when Peter cut that guy's ear off. His name was Melchus. How many of you remember Melchus? How many of you saw the movie? Anyways, you saw the movie, The Passion. Okay. Well, you might have remembered it from the movie, okay? But he, it's in the Bible. But he cut the guy's ear off. Peter did, and you remember that the ear, you know, it's somewhere, and it was getting dark out, so they're trying to find it. And what would you and I do, man? We'd pick that ear up and we'd rush it to the emergency room, get it sewed back on. But not Jesus. He didn't have to. You know, he just picks it up and he puts it on the man. I mean, imagine. I mean, an ear gets chopped off. We're talking blood gushing everywhere. Ooh. Okay. Anyways. You get the picture. So, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes we, we forget about what goes along with these real things that really happen. And it's not just a fairy tale. It's not just some story that didn't happen. It actually happened. Amen. Come on. So they, the, Jesus picks up the ear and he just puts it back on. Just heals the man. Just heals him. And I thought about that. Lord, how good you are and how merciful you are. And I thought about who is that man that Jesus healed? Well, he wasn't a friend of Jesus, was he? He was one of the soldiers that came to take Jesus away. So he was an enemy of the Lord. And yet the Lord manifested his love and his mercy by healing an enemy. Isn't that awesome? I thought, Lord, if you would heal and manifest your mercy, and healing is one of God's mercies. But God would manifest his mercy and heal an enemy. Heal an enemy's ear. How much more would God not heal you or take care of you or meet your needs or come through for you when you're, a, you're God's child? How much more? You know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that we have a better covenant that we're living under right now. And it's been established upon better promises. Anybody know what better is? Yeah, better. What's better? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you, y'all you can tell me. Uh, let's say if you were to eat at one restaurant, uh, I won't say the name, but let's say a, a fast food restaurant. And then you found a, a good place to eat uh, around here, somewhere good. I don't know. Maybe somebody knows somewhere good around here. Roadhouse? Okay. Would Roadhouse be better than a fast food drive through Yeah, it'd be better, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, let's say I had a $20 bill and a $10 bill. Which one would be better to you? The 20 If you don't think so, I'll trade you. I'll trade. Well, what's the difference between a $20 bill and a $10 bill? It's sort of like the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant we're living under today. See, the $20 bill has got the 10 in it and then a whole lot more, right? So the new covenant that we're living under today has got the old in it and then a whole lot more. The Lord was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. That's who he was under the old covenant to his people. He was Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. He brought between one and three million people out of, of bondage. And it says there was a one feeble person, not one sick person among all their tribes. And now we've got it better. Isn't that awesome? He's a good guy. Somebody say better. better. Yeah, we've got it better because we're under a better covenant now. Now we've got the name of Jesus. Come on. We've been filled with the Holy Ghost. We have received power. We've got we've got awesome weapons to overcome the enemy. Aren't you glad? The devil's been defeated because we've got a better covenant. Better. And you know what I believe is going to happen? I believe that there are about to be better things taking place in your life. And I believe with all my heart that it's going to get better better for you. Somebody say, it's going to get better. Much better. Oh yeah, much better. Let's look, if you would, in Matthew, the ninth chapter, we're going to read about how it got better for some some blind people, actually two, two blind guys that came to the Lord, and, and we're going to see the mercy of God manifesting and seeing how things got better for them when they released their faith. All right, Matthew, the ninth chapter, verse 27 says, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him. They're following him, right? And they're crying. And they're saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Somebody say mercy. Have mercy on us. It says, And when he was come into the house, the blind men, they came to him. So they followed him. One translation says they followed him into the house. Now think about this. They're following him down the road. He goes into a house. They follow him in the house. Now, remember, they're blind. So how are they following Jesus? I'm sure they are they must be determined. I mean, they're blind, so they're bumping into things, trying to get in the house, I'm sure. But they didn't give up. They're following him into the house. And uh, so then Jesus said unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yes, Lord. Verse 29, then he touched their eyes saying, according to your what? Faith be it unto you. And their eyes were opened and Jesus straightly charged them saying, see that no man knows it. Well, the next verse says they went and told everybody. I think that's interesting. You know that Jesus says, don't tell anybody. They go blab it everywhere. How many of you know some things have never changed, right? But here are these two blind men come to the Lord and and now they need mercy. They cry out to Jesus for mercy. Now here's the good news this morning. Never can you find somebody crying out to the Lord for mercy where the Lord did not show them mercy. God is a merciful God. And when you cry out and you have faith in God's mercy, you're going to receive mercy as well. I thank God for his mercy. How many of you thank God for his mercy? Matter of fact, in the book of Lamentations, the third chapter, it says, If it were not for the Lord's mercies, we would have all been consumed. Can you look back at a time in your life where you know that was the mercy of God? Has anybody escaped some close calls in your life? Where maybe, you know, maybe when you were growing up, there were some situations. We have some people that are a bit wilder. Is that a word? Wilder than others? Some of you, you know you'd get on that motorcycle and you had some close calls. I can think of some myself. But the Lord had mercy on you. Listen, you wouldn't need mercy if you didn't make a mistake. Then you'd have justice. You wouldn't need mercy if you didn't mess up at some time in your life. You wouldn't need mercy if you weren't dumb at some time in your life. Come on. Right? Or make a a wrong turn in your life. How many of you... Uh, ever made a wrong turn just you went the wrong direction I don't mean just in your car but in your life you zigged when you should have zagged you went one way when you know you should have gone the other way but but if you'll cry out to the Lord for his mercy I'm telling you he is merciful to all those who call on him the Bible says that's in, in Psalm 86 it says for you oh Lord you're good and plenteous in mercy ready to forgive Merciful to all those who call upon him. I tell you, one of the greatest prayers you can pray in the midst of a problem is the help prayer. Have you ever been there? where well, you didn't know what else to say. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Have mercy on me. And a lot of people think, ah, that's a cop-out prayer. Not if you have faith. It's not. Come on. If you, if you have faith and you, you ask God in faith to have mercy on you, what's going to happen? God is going to have mercy on you If you'll receive it Notice what Jesus said to these two blind men He, he told them that the reason they were healed Well he said according to your faith Notice he, he asked them Do you believe I'm able to do this And I believe the Lord's still asking the same thing today How many of you do you believe the Lord is able Do you believe the Lord is able To fix any situation that you're facing right now Do you believe he's able to do that You know, not only do we need to believe he's able to, because we all know God can change any problem. God can do anything. He's God. But not only do we want to get to the place where we believe he's able, but we need to know he is willing. He wants to help us. The scripture says he delights in mercy. That's in Micah, the seventh chapter, but it says God delights in showing us mercy. In Romans, the ninth chapter, it tells us that you and I, we have been made or fitted for mercy. It says we are vessels of mercy. In other words, God created you and I to pour his mercy out on. We're made, we're vessels. In other words, we're like containers for God to pour his mercy and his love out upon us. Listen, you're very valuable and very special to God. And you know, I think that for you and I to say, Well, I don't know, you know, if I'm worthy enough to receive, come on, then we made Jesus go to a lot of trouble for absolutely nothing when we have that attitude. We don't ever want to show the Lord that we don't think what He did for us is valuable. Come on. Now some of you you would have mercy on other people and you do, and then you're real hard on yourself. And you're not showing yourself any mercy Listen now Some of you here today I believe the Lord is saying You need to at least treat yourself as good As you treat other people Amen Now a lot of times we hear the the side of the sermon You know Where we got to forgive other people And most people are walking on other people We hear that side of sermons a lot But then there's a whole other group of people Where they're not looking at their self as valuable they're not seeing their self as precious. They're not seeing their self as important. They're not even seeing their self as worthy. Listen, you're worthy just because you were born. But not only that, you are worthy because of the awesome price that was paid for you on Calvary. Jesus paid the price for you and I to be made worthy. We weren't worthy in and of our own good works or we wouldn't need his mercy, right? But thank God he made you worthy. Notice what Jesus asked them. He said, do you believe I'm able to do this? And uh, in verse 29, he said, according to your faith be it unto you. According to your faith. Point to yourself. Say, it's according to my faith. Tell your neighbor. Say, it's according to your faith. You remember the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. And what what was it that, that caused these two blind men to receive their miracle, their healing? What was it? It was their what? Their faith. We have to really, I believe, have more faith in the mercy of God. Listen, if you've made mistakes, and we have all made mistakes, there is not one person in here today that has not made a mistake. None of us would want our mistakes and failures shown on the big screen. Come on. Aren't you glad Jesus paid the price that he paid for that mistake? Come on. So that you and I could come boldly to the throne of grace, as the Scripture says in Hebrews, and obtain mercy. One of the things that I can see in traveling for over 20 years now, and I travel all the time preaching churches all over the country, all over the world. I've been so many places. But personally, one of the greatest things that I can see that stop people from receiving their healing, that tries to hinder them from receiving their healing or, or tries to hinder them from receiving their financial blessing or their breakthrough, whatever it is they might need. But one of the greatest hindrances I've seen to people's faith is guilt and condemnation. See, the devil's, the devil's tricky. You know, his big job is to come in there and try to find an area in your life where you have fallen short and continue to remind you of that situation. But how many of you know, once you have confessed it and you've put it under the blood of Jesus, we know it doesn't exist anymore according to the Word of God, right? So what does it say 1 John 1.9? If we confess our sins, God is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, the minute you ask God to forgive you, the scripture says, our sin is washed away. So the devil's job really, I believe his number one trick for getting people trapped in sin, getting us to miss it, getting us off course many times, is so that we'll get under guilt and condemnation. Because listen, when you're under guilt or you're under condemnation, you don't come boldly to the throne of God to receive anything. Because you don't feel what? Worthy enough to receive. But we have to always know the price Jesus paid. Listen, sometimes we may think, well, I didn't pray enough. It, it might not be some great big sin. It might be. But for most people, it's little things or or, you know, to you seems like something big. But to somebody else, it may be regular. You know, we tend to categorize sin, don't we? Big, medium, small. Everybody's got this little ones. Come on. But we need to put the blood on all of them, right? You know, the enemy will use you didn't pray enough. You didn't read your Bible enough. You know, you skipped a couple of services, you know. Come on, to church and whatever it may be, just to try, to try to hinder you, to make you feel condemned. Listen, there's a difference between having a sin consciousness and a righteousness consciousness. In other words, to be sin conscious, we're always thinking about where we fall short. And our focus is on the wrong thing when we're thinking about our failures all the time. But to be righteousness conscious. The Bible says that when we're established in righteousness. Fear and oppression will be far from us. Right? That's what the scripture says. How many of you notice this? That uh, sin consciousness will cause you to draw back and fear. But righteousness consciousness will cause you to be bold and draw near. So you can always tell which side are you on. Are you drawn back in fear? Are you bold and are you drawn near? Listen, if there's something that you need to get worked out between you and the Lord, if there's something that's always tripping you up that's bringing that guilt, and you know it is, well, get it worked out with you and the Lord. It's easy. You're one prayer away from being guilt-free. Oh, thank God for the blood of Jesus. One preacher said one time he came to the Lord. He said, Lord, here I come again. You know, for the 89th time, for the same thing, same problem, same trip up again. He said he was beating himself up. I mean, just with a hammer going, that was dumb, dumb. Come on. How many of you have ever done that? You're like, I can't believe I said that. How many of you have ever said something? You wish you could get those words back, but they slipped out. And you even had the Holy Spirit saying on the inside, you know, you felt that little, don't say that. Don't say that don't say that don't say that don't say that and you said it we've all been there come on we've all been there right so this preacher said I mean the enemy was beating him up you know here you've missed it again for the 89th time you know and uh he said I mean just like a hammer and you know he said listen the devil will come in there and and the devil will go you know this hammer isn't big enough you need a sledgehammer because you really messed up I mean just beating yourself up you know And he said he went to pray and he went before the Lord. He said, Lord, here I come again for the, you know, the 89th time for the same mistake, same thing. And he said the Lord spoke to him on the inside. And he said it was like the Lord said, to you it's the 89th time. But to me, we're just dealing with this one time. Because I said in my word that your sins and iniquities I would remember no more. God is so merciful. Listen, when I hear words like that, I hear how forgiving and loving God is. It doesn't make me want to go sin more. Listen, it makes me want to serve God even more with all of my heart. Amen. How many of you believe that, you know, as a Christian, we shouldn't be looking for ways that we can mess up more? We shouldn't be looking for ways that we... How far on the edge can we play this thing? No! We want to be dedicated to God. Sold out to God. On fire for God. Come on, we got any righteous sold out for God people in the house here today? Yeah. Some of you... Now, some of you, you didn't think that applied to you. Because you're like, no. Listen, there's people that don't know the Lord that aren't here in church this morning. You know why? Because they're thinking... Those people down there, those people at that church, they're good people. And that's why they're not here because they're thinking they're bad people. So they don't come to church. So they see many of us in church and they're thinking, you're good people, you go to church. But what they don't know, there's many Christians sitting in chairs going, I'm not a good person either. They don't realize the condemnation the enemy tries to put on you even as a believer, right? So how many of you know it's not up to who's good, who's bad, what we've done, I should say, or what we haven't done, but how many of you thank God for the mercy of God? Mercy, mercy, mercy. Somebody say mercy. And there's a lot of mercy available to you. You know, uh, when I was growing up, I was kind of a tomboy, so I used to play sports, and we'd play football out in the streets. And so I'm from the city. And so there's parked cars everywhere in the in the streets, and they're not really wide roads. But I'd play with all the guys on our, on our neighborhood, because uh, there weren't any girls where I live. It was all guys. So I I was a tomboy. I played football and basketball and everything. And so I remember one day I went out to catch the football, and I was running for for uh, I was being the the receiver, you know. So I was running and I was going to catch the ball, and I turned around. To look for the football while I was running forward at the same time I was looking back. And you know the next thing that happened? Bam! Ran right into a parked car. Ooh, that is not good. And uh, let me tell you something. I learned something that day. Do not run forward and look back at the same time. (laughs) You will run into some things and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. Come on. And we know that that sounds, you know, funny and we know that somebody shouldn't do that, but a lot of Christians have run into some parked cars. Spiritually speaking, come on. They come to church, they feel all beat up, all down because the enemy has got them, condemning them, reminding them of everything they shouldn't have said. Come on. How they, they lost it, they lost their temper. They, come on, they chewed somebody out. They, oh, come on. Anybody know what I'm saying? You get all ready for church and you, you know, there's no fights breaking out. Till you're on your way to church and the devil will even try to beat you up go look you can't even go to church without losing it i mean he's just mean the devil's just mean isn't he oh but how many of you thank god for the blood of jesus and the mercy of god we, we're just gonna receive that mercy i believe there's gonna be some great mercy poured out today amen let me read you another scripture second corinthians 1 verse 3 says this blessed be even the father Of our Lord Jesus Christ, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, it says, the Father of mercies. The Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. So he is the Father of what? Mercies. Notice it doesn't say he's the Father of mercy, but he is the Father of mercies. There's more than one kind of mercy. Aren't you glad? Listen, there's mercy for you for healing. And we see this with the two blind men. We see, we see a lot of healing mercy throughout the whole Bible. Lots of healing mercy. That's, that's one of God's mercies is his healing power. But then there's mercy for all kinds of areas of our lives. How I many of you know there's relationship mercies? There's relationship mercy. You know, there might be a, a situation you're thinking, this could never be fixed. This relationship could never be fixed. I mean, maybe you had a big family blowout. And you're thinking, this is just too hard to be fixed. But how many of you know, we serve a God of mercy. He's the Father of mercies. And I believe it's according to your faith. Just like Jesus told these two blind men. Listen, if you believe it can be worked out, if you will believe the Lord can fix it, if you will believe the Lord can restore that relationship, then that's how it's going to be. It's going to be according to your faith. Listen, this friend of mine, this precious lady, she's a worshiper of God, loves the Lord. And I saw her at church one day, and her son had gotten in some major trouble. I mean major trouble. And so she told me what all he did. And he got arrested. He was about to face the judge. So she shares with me what all he did. And then she says, Kate, I have prayed, and I am asking God for his mercy in this situation. <clears throat> Asking God for his mercy. And so, you know, I wanted to say, bless her heart. She just doesn't know. I mean, she just she doesn't know how how things work. She you know, when you, when if you would have heard what all he did, you'd be like there's no way and she would say, I that she said, I've asked God for his mercy and I'm believing the Lord my son is not going to get one day in jail. No, he should have got about years and so I mean on the inside I just felt the Lord just dealing with me don't you talk against her faith come on because sometimes you think oh she doesn't know you no, she was believing God this wasn't something she was just trying to be in denial or something like that no she was trusting God She said, Kate, I have prayed and I have a covenant with God. And she began to tell me about the Lord's mercy. And she said, I believe in God for mercy in this situation. He will not have one day in jail. And so I just stayed in neutral. Anybody know what it's like to stay in neutral? That means you just don't speak against it. You don't say anything negative. Although you'd like to say something, you just keep your mouth shut and don't say anything. Just stay in neutral at least. If you can't say something faith-filled, at least stay in neutral. So I stayed in neutral. And I watched this woman. And I mean to tell you, he, that, that kid, he went to court and what have you. And he got off with just having to, you know, do some community time or whatever it was. But not one day in jail. And I'm telling you what, one of the persons, yeah, that's worth shouting about. But one of the people that saw that, that was there during that time, they said, we have never seen anything like this ever happen. I mean, in the history of of a courtroom, one guy said, I've never seen anything like this, especially with that judge. Well, that boy did not receive what he deserved. If he'd gotten what he deserved, he'd be in prison right now. But what was it that he did receive? He received mercy. And you know one reason why he received mercy from God? Because he had a praying mama who wouldn't quit and she was believing God and it caused the mercy of God to be released in that situation. I had a pastor say to me one time, he's a friend of mine, pastor, you know. There's pastors and there's friends that are pastors. Kind of like your pastors. Hadn't seen them in a while, but they're the ones that you just pick up right where you left off. You know, I was thinking of the scripture in Job. It talks about where the Lord told Job, he said, reacquaint yourself now with me. And then God told Job what would happen. He said, then good will come to you. And and all was restored. In other words, what did Job have to do? He had to go back to his walk with God, his, his times with God, his believing in God. And everything was restored as a result. I like that. Reacquaint yourself. And I like, you know, I like reacquainting myself with people where you just, you just sort of left, you pick right up, back right up where you left off. Amen. That's how I feel with your pastors. So you can reacquaint yourself with God like that. You can reacquaint, I mean, Quickly. It doesn't take any time for you to be right with God. I mean, in a moment. So this one pastor friend of mine, good friend of mine, and he said, Kate, now I believe in the favor of God, the mercy of God. He said, and I love in your book where I I share some stories of favor, but I share in there about believing the Lord for good parking spots everywhere I go, especially when you got a shop and it's close to Christmas time and I'm in Michigan at the time. And I mean, it's cold and snow everywhere. I need that front row spot. And I love to believe the Lord for just little, little acts of favor. Little things get me so excited. And so he goes, now, Kate, I know you park at the front all the time. But he said, I don't know if I can agree with that. I mean, how does the Lord know when one person's going to be coming down the aisle and the other person to back out at the same time, how would the Lord know? And he's saying all this, he said, I don't believe that you could have that. And I said, yeah, well, you're just going to keep parking at the back and I'm just going to keep parking up front. And sure enough, every time I drive, come on. Listen, I don't settle either. Sometimes I'll be with my dad and we'll be halfway up that, that parking spot. He'll go, here's a, here's, a, here's a good spot. Park here. I go, now, dad, you're not even looking for favor. I'm giving him a hard time. I said, you know, we always pray for favor. I said, so, you know, you're, you're willing to settle halfway. And I'm not. I always keep going because I'm expecting. Come on. How many of you know faith expects The best. We know if we're in faith. Are you expecting the breakthrough? Are you expecting the blessing? Are you expecting to be healed? Are you expecting God to come through to pay your house? To pay your rent? Come on, if you really prayed. And you're expecting the Lord to deliver you. Then what are you doing? Packing your boxes. Getting ready to move for? I'm talking about people that believe they're going to be kicked out. So. They start to pack Listen, that's faith in the negative That's faith the other way We're going to have faith either way You might as well have it in God Come on now Listen, now if you have prayed And you've asked the Lord to take care of that situation And you believe that he heard you when you prayed Then why are you doing the opposite of what you're believing? Faith expects Listen, faith gets ready Faith gets ready Somebody say faith gets ready Come on, what are you going to be doing when your body is completely strong? Think about what you're going to do. What are you going to do for God when you got all that money you've been believing for? What are you going to do? Faith expects. Come on, faith gets ready. I prayed with a single mom. And uh, she was believing for a home and didn't have the money and what have you. And so, long story short, we prayed and everything. And so, the place she was living in. She started getting ready. She started packing boxes. I mean, she started getting ready to move into the better house. And I'm, people in her family would say, what are you doing? She said, well, we prayed, I'm moving. We prayed I could move, and I'm moving. And you know what? She was getting ready. And she told her kids, you know, you, know, you don't get comfortable in that bedroom. You know, you don't want to get attached to this room because we're moving. And all her kids had to share one room, you know, so there wasn't a whole lot to attach to. But she said, hey, and she encouraged her kids. And I'm telling you what, they began to get ready. They got a picture on the inside of them. They began to imagine what, how they were going to decorate that new bedroom because two, two of them, they'd each have their own room. And so they were just, you know, imagining what they would do and how they would decorate that room. And, and come on, she never looked back. And you know, it wasn't long after that, God brought A miracle to that girl. And I'm telling you what, she moved into a house. And all her family saw that it had to be the mercy and the favor of God upon her life. (laughs) Oh, come on. Faith gets ready. Y'all better get ready around here. I'm telling you what. Better get ready for that next step that God has for this church. believe you're going up. I believe you're going higher. What you going to do? You better get ready. Listen now, you you need to be ready because the pastor here, pastor's going to need you. He's going to need you to help him. I mean, you you know, you need to be ready because you're going to be called upon probably more often than you think to be a blessing, to be used by God. Amen? So start getting ready. You better know those scriptures on how to get someone filled with the Holy Ghost because you may be called upon. You better know how to pray for somebody when you're called upon. See, faith gets ready and how many believe God wants to use you? Yeah, so get yourself ready. Start getting ready. Get ready for that breakthrough. Come on. T.D. Jakes, get get, 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 get ready. Get, get. Come on, anybody? I'll do it as good as T.D. Jakes, but get ready. Listen, that keeps coming up in my spirit. Get ready. Get ready. Get your plan. Some of you, you, you you're going to start a new business. You've had it in your heart. Well, get ready. Where's your business plan? You go, what is that? Well, go figure that out. Write one out. Where's your vision of it? Come on, get ready for it. The things that are in your heart. If you really believe God's called you to that particular thing, what are you doing to prepare for it? What are you doing to get ready for it? Because faith gets ready. You remember the one blind man, he he threw away his garment. He threw away that which represented being blind. It says he, casting away his garment, went to the Lord. What did he do? He got ready for his healing. He didn't believe he was going to stay blind. He took a step of faith. He got ready. Praise God. There's some breakthrough coming. Amen. So the Lord is merciful. So there's relationship mercy. Amen. How many of you know that, that there's mercy for you when you've just been dumb? Dumbness mercies. How many of you ever missed it? I, I was thinking about... Uh, a situation the other day, I was driving to, uh, from one state to another state actually, and I was doing well like, before I set out to drive, I prayed, and usually I fly, but this time I wanted to drive, because I remember back when I first started, everywhere I would drive, I'd pray in the Holy Ghost the whole way, and I needed some Holy Ghost prayer time, you know, so I decided I'm going to drive and it was several hours, and so I set out and I'm driving, and I prayed about everything before I left. You know, I had my car cover, covered with the angels. And I prayed. I prayed that I wouldn't hit anybody. I prayed that nobody would hit me. Come on. I, you know, cleared out all the people falling asleep and the drunk drivers. And, the, you know, everything you could pray about, you, you get the picture, right? And so I'm driving, and everything's going great. I mean, there's hardly anybody on the road. And, and I put the cruise control on, and, and I was, got to admit, I was just a little bit over the speed limit. Come on now. We, oh, yeah. So, how many of you appreciate honest preachers? Yeah, so here I am, just a little bit over and i got it I got it on cruise and i 'm praying it's it 's an awesome day, and the Lord has protected me the whole trip everything 's going great and so i 'm actually on my way to Michigan and uh I decided that I wanted to put this sweatshirt on because it was getting cold, you know. And so I'm like, I'm going to put this sweatshirt on. So I reach back, I find my sweatshirt, and it's got Michigan across the front, Michigan, and it's a hooded sweatshirt. So everything's going good. The only problem was this was really late at night, so I couldn't see anything in the car, you know. So I just kind of reached back, I got my sweater, got my sweatshirt. And so it's on cruise, and I'm praying, and I put the hooded sweatshirt on. And so when I did, I put it on backwards. And so I put it on, well, I put the hooded part on backwards. And so the hood was covering my entire face. Now, that would have been fine, except for it was really hard to see going over the speed limit just a little bit. Cruise control. But, but this is what happened when I put it on the back part of my shirt somehow attached to something. I don't know if it was a seatbelt or something, but it, it got attached to something. This is why you don't do this when you drive. <laughs> That's why there are rules against this and laws. Come on. But it attached to something behind me. And so I've got this thing. I'm driving. Now I am blinded by my own stupidity. Come on. I am blinded by my own <laughs> sweatshirt. And And the deal was, I'm trying so hard. I can't get the hood off. I mean, I'm pulling it up. Now, I'm still going the same speed on the road. And so I'm trying to get this thing off. It wouldn't come off. I couldn't see anything. It seemed like a really long time, you know, when you're in a situation like that, right? So finally, after all that work, I mean, I'm trying. And, you know, you need two hands. Well, you can't let your hands off the steering wheel, you know. So, But anyways, I'm going through this whole thing. And finally, I'm like, how am I going to do this? So I pull the hood off over my head. Like that. You ima- Now I'm stuck. Can you imagine getting pulled over? You're like, hey, you know. Come on, I, I got pulled over not that long ago. This, this police officer, you know, I said, please have mercy. And they come back, give me a ticket. And, uh, Supposedly they had mercy on me, so I guess they cut me slack for something else, you know. And then after that, they're like, I love your ministry. I'm like, oh, man, you love my ministry. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I had mercy on them after that because then they're like, you know, well, anyways. Okay, so I'm like, Lord, you've got to help me here. Can you imagine getting pulled over and you've got this sweatshirt? You, how are you going to explain that one? I thought if they would have found me on the side of the road, who could have said, She died from her own stupidity? I mean, come on. No one would have believed that. But that's how it would have been. But, you know, the Lord didn't have to protect me that day from drunk drivers, from people falling asleep at the wheel. He had to protect me from myself, from my own wrong decision. Come on. And sometimes maybe the Lord has had to protect you from yourself. Maybe you made a wrong choice. You went the wrong direction. You did something you shouldn't have done. But how many of you thank God for his mercy? His mercy endures forever. And I got out of that situation. Thank God. Thank God for his mercy. But listen, one definition of mercy means this. Mercy means that you don't get the punishment and the judgment that you deserve to get. That you don't receive it. Another definition of mercy, it does mean that you do receive the blessing and the favor you didn't deserve. So what's mercy? It means you don't receive the judgment and the punishment you did deserve. But it also means you get the favor and the blessing and the healing and the prosperity. Come on, and the healed relationship and the business prospering and everything prospering. Come on, even though you don't deserve it, it's the mercy of God. Hallelujah. How many of you thank God for that mercy? Let's stand up. I want to pray some mercy and favor over you. You know what I believe? I believe with all my heart. There's going to be so many people in this church. God is, He's wanting to shine brightly through your life. He's wanting to show off, so to speak, through you. Through, through you. God gets glory. God gets glory when you're healed. God gets glory when you're delivered. God gets the glory when your need is met. And I believe there's going to be many people here in this church today for a long time to come. People are going to say, how did that happen? You're going to go, mercy in the favor of God. The mercy in the favor of God. Ooh, glory to God. There's going to be some of you such restoration. You know, the Bible says that God will restore the years the enemy has stolen. There's some of you here, there's years that you feel got taken from you. Maybe through your own wrong choices. Maybe just through circumstances, through life. But I'll tell you something today. If you'll receive it according to your faith, it'll be restored. You go, how could this? I cannot see how this situation could ever be restore, restored. I can't see how it could ever be be fixed, don't look at that, look at God Don't have your eyes on the problem, have your eyes on what God can do Not on what you can do, not on how you could fix it No, no, we're looking to God to fix these situations And he'll restore to you those years How many of you believe when God gets a hold of your life I mean, even if you feel like you miss plan A for your life You're like, "Well, oh, I feel like I've missed it already, I've gone too far Listen God's plan B, you may think it's plan B for your life, but you know what? He can make it seem or even make it better than plan A could have ever been because he's God. You're like, how does he do that? Because he's God. And he's a merciful God. Listen, if you say things aren't going to work out for you, that's exactly how it's going to be. But if you'll say today, I believe things are turning around for me, I believe there's healing taking place for me, I believe there's victory, and how many of you believe that's how it's going to be for you? How many of you believe the Lord can have mercy on you in every area of your life? He'll have mercy on you in your finances, in your body. There's a scripture about a king. It's over in, I think it's 2 Chronicles 25, something like that. But a king hired an army. Long story short, he spent about a million dollars. And then he found out he made a mistake. And the man of God came to him and said, What are we going to do about all that money? He He said that to the man of God. And if you read it, it says... The man of God said to him, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. So listen, even if you've lost in your finances, even if you made a wrong decision there, if you'll trust God this morning, the Lord can make it up to you. The Lord is able to give you a whole lot more than whatever it was you lost. Because he is a merciful God. Come on, if you'll believe him today. I believe the Lord's trying to get some people to reach out in faith and go, God, I'm going to believe you today. And you say it's going to be all right. All right, now I'm going to pray for you. And as we pray, by faith, listen, whatever area of your life that you need the mercy of God or the favor of God to work in, as I pray for you, I want you to talk to God about that thing. And I want you to take his mercy, receive it today. By faith, receive his healing mercy. By faith, receive his delivering mercy, whatever it is you need as we pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today for your mercy endures forever. Now, Lord, I pray mercy. I thank you that your mercy is being poured out on this place right now. Pour it out on these vessels of mercy today. Lord, we're vessels. You said it in your word. We are vessels, containers of your mercy. And so we thank you today, Lord, right now. You are pouring out your mercy in this congregation. We thank you for healing mercy touching the people today. We speak healing to your body right now. Wherever you need healing right now, reach out and take it. The mercy of the Lord is here to heal you. So, Father, we speak healing from the top of their head to the soles of their feet right now. I speak to asthma and allergies to be healed today. I speak to neck and back problems to be healed today. I speak to anybody who has, you've got something in your body as a result of something you did. That you feel that you have caused. Receive God's mercy today and take your healing. You don't have to stay that way because you caused it. Or you think you may have caused it. No, no, no. His mercy is here today. Take his mercy. Lord, we thank you now. Those that have abused their bodies in some kind of a way. There's somebody here this morning. Come on. You're like, well, I've, I've done certain things. I can't be healed now. Listen, my mom got healed stage four throat cancer, smoking the whole time. She did. She went 10 more years. Ten more years without a trace of cancer. And listen, the devil tried to stop her from receiving, saying, you can't be healed because you did this to yourself. Listen, he's merciful. God is merciful. You wouldn't need mercy, remember, if you didn't make a mistake. So reach out and take that mercy right now. God, we take mercy right now. Healing your people. Delivering your people right now. Somebody needs mercy right now in your finances. Now we speak the mercy and the favor of God over your financial situation. Over your business. Over your investments. In the name of Jesus. Somebody, you're like, well I haven't been a giver. I haven't been a tither. Listen, if you just take your mercy right now. God will bless you anyways. He'll bless you on credit as one preacher said. Come on. You just tell God you're going to jump back in and you're going to start doing that again. He'll bless you today. So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for blessing your people today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Praise God. How many of you believe that today? You believe it? I know you do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated real quick. Praise the Lord. If you would just for a second every head bowed and every eyes closed for just a moment Maybe you're here today and maybe you don't know the Lord Maybe you don't know Jesus Oh he is a merciful savior You may be here today and you say if I were to die today I don't know for sure I don't know for sure that I would go to heaven You can know for sure God loves you You can have a load of guilt lifted off of your life today You may feel like you've gone too far But listen, you can't go further than the mercy of God. So, Lord, I thank you today, right now, right now, for every person here touching their heart, drawing them to your presence. So if that's you this morning, you say, I've never met the Lord. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Listen, I want to lead everybody in a prayer. And just say this prayer from your heart. Let it come from your heart. Just we're going to talk to God. He's going to forgive you of your sins. If you've fallen away from God and you've been out doing your own thing, You know it's time for you to come back to the Lord He's ready to receive you right now He's ready to forgive you So I want everybody to pray this prayer with me right now Say Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus I believe Jesus died on the cross for me Jesus come into my heart Be my Lord and Savior I give my life to you I thank you Lord For your great mercy On me now Thank you for saving me and making me new. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, it's...